They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Let's go, let's go, let's go. What up? Episode number 78 of Inside the Mind of D. Scott, the greatest little podcast you've probably never heard of. I would be your gracious host. My name is D. Scott. I thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to the nonsense that's about to come out of my mouth. Of course, if you love the podcast, you should share it on your social medias and tell all your friends about the podcast because the more listeners we have, well, the better off we are. Am I right? Am I right? As I always like to do. Big shout-out to my boy Matt Halleck. Halleck's Hitting Garage, doing some big, big things. Uh, made some announcements over the week, and uh, we got some cool stuff on the horizon. Lots of events in the Capital Region, down by him, and elsewhere as well. So shout-out to my man Matt for making it all happen and allowing me to be a part of the nonsense. Big ups to uh, Matt Kelly as well, and of course everyone that's involved in the alumni event that we are putting together, and that's involved in the Halleck's Hitting Garage Foundation as well. All big things to come from Halix Hitting Garage, including, did I forget to mention that we got a podcast in the works? That's right. Four by six, the Halix Hitting Garage podcast is going to be coming very, very soon. So you will get to listen to that right where you're listening to this podcast. But that's not what this is all about. This is about inside the mind of D. Scott and what's going on in my mind. I want to start with the Masters. I'm recording this on uh, April 10th. It is the final day of the Masters. As I'm talking, Tiger Woods is well over par at this point, but the good news is he did make the cut and he did play in the Masters. I don't know if you paid any attention to it whatsoever, and if you didn't, then I will fill you in the galleries on Thursday and Friday with Tiger Woods in the Masters was out of control. I know that the ticket prices surged as soon as Tiger said he was going to be playing in the Masters this year, and I don't care what your personal feelings are about Tiger Woods, his indiscretions, his issues, uh, what happened with the accident that he was in, the near-fatal accident, by the way, and the fact that he survived that and did not lose his leg was that of a miracle. Nothing short of a miracle on that one. But... um, the, Tiger Woods is good for the game of golf. I don't care what you say, and like I said, I don't care how you feel about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is great for the PGA and the game of golf. It's just unfortunate that he wasn't playing fantastic. So TV, TV coverage on the weekends really wasn't there. I'm sure we'll get highlights and stuff like this. I mean, the feature groups probably are just going off, off as I'm recording this. So uh, unfortunately, Tiger teed off on Sunday at 10.50, but it's just amazing to see the Sunday red back on the golf course. The fact that he hadn't played competitive golf in 560 days. 560 days after almost losing his leg is, uh, I'll repeat myself, it's nothing short of a miracle whatsoever. Uh, could he play better? Sure he could, but it's his first time back. Imagine taking the the like the the peak of all your accolades, right? Whatever it is that you do, the hardest thing that you possibly do. You are out of commission for 560 days. You go back in and the first thing you do is the most talked about, the most recognized, the biggest competition or whatever it may be that your field of work is involved in. 
I just imagine that. That's like the first thing back. So that's like taking 560 days off from singing, and then the first time you perform is front is in front of 150,000 people. Like seriously, like you're you're at Live Aid. You're you're Queen at Live Aid, performing in front of all of those people. That's your first time back. So that's what Tiger Woods tried to do, and unfortunately, he didn't perform well. He didn't play bad. His putter actually uh, on the weekend just kind of let him down. He wasn't making putts. He's not seeing the putts. That great is what he was saying. He said his eyes were kind of deceiving him. So it'll get back. And I know, I know what you're thinking. You're like, I don't even know what that means. Well, basically what it is was he, he wants to, he, he's having a hard time making sure that where he's lined up is where he's aiming. That's what it means when your eyes are giving you a hard time or your eyes aren't adjusted to reading the putts when you're standing over the ball. It's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to do. Unlike a regular run-of-the-mill public golf course. Now, you go play Augusta National with some of the most ridiculous undulated greens that you could possibly play, and you put yourself in front of a gallery, and you're playing the biggest golf tournament there is, and you're on national TV. Things get a little bit more, and I know it's Tiger Woods. He should be able to handle that. Well, you know what? After all, Tiger Woods is human. So he's having a hard time reading putts, and it is what it is. But the good news is he's back on the golf course. Uh, Next time he plays, it won't be on such a hilly golf course, I would imagine. So we will be seeing Tiger Woods playing competitive golf again this season health-wise. You know, the health needs to stay up. Uh, Let's see, bearing any injuries or anything like that is what I really wanted to say there. Um, We will see Tiger Woods more as long as he stays healthy. So congratulations to Tiger. Not that he needs my congratulations, but I do want to congratulate him, and I do want to say that I loved seeing him on the golf course again. Uh, I did have a little moment of weakness because I was watching the Masters and uh, got a little teary-eyed and broke down. If you follow me on TikTok, let me check my TikTok, by the way, uh, just so I can tell you what the TikTok handle is here real quick. Uh, it's D. Scott Radio. At D. Scott Radio is the TikTok handle. Um I posted a video of tears just coming down my face because as I was watching the first day of the Masters, I got a little choked up. I got a little teary-eyed because, well, it, it reminded me of my stepdad, who we lost a few years ago, and it was just, it was hard. I was like, it, it just, I don't know what it was. Maybe I was just having an emotional day or whatever the case may be, but it did happen, so I put it on video, put it on my TikTok, and so it's out there, at D. Scott Radio, if you want to check out the TikTok. On top of Masters this weekend, it was opening weekend for Major League Baseball. Let me go back to my dude, Matt Halleck, who was at opening day. I think it was opening day. It was opening weekend at Tropicana Field on Saturday. Matt was actually on a radio uh, live, which was dangerous for those people, but they did it, and he managed to not get kicked off, so congratulations to Matt. But he was on a... uh, on, on a radio show talking about Halleck's Hitting Garage and talking about the perfect stance hitting mats, which, by the way, are amazing for those of you that have kids that play youth baseball. Say they're from the ages of three or four to about seven. The perfect stance hitting mats are great for kids of that age. It takes a lot of time out of setting the kids up, making sure their feet are right and they're aiming the right way or whatever. Just you walk up, you put your feet on the footprints, and the kids can swing. They can get in their batting stance. They can swing the bat, hit the ball, and do what you got to do. It kind of helps with the flow of the game. On top of that, it will definitely help them just get, get in their minds as they get older through repetition and muscle memory where their feet need to be when you're stepping into the plate in that starting athletic position of getting ready to hit the baseball. So if you have a youngster that's playing baseball or T-ball, boy or girl, doesn't matter. 
Uh, let us know. Reach out to me at D Scott Radio if you would like one of these uh, perfect stance hitting mats, and I can get you in touch with the people involved in that. This is not a commercial. I know it sounds like I'm singing the praises of it. Um, they're not paying me to talk about their stuff. I'm just just letting you know that Perfect Stance hitting mats are absolutely amazing. And back to my original point, shout out to Halleck for uh, invading Tropicana Field yesterday and telling them what all Halleck's Hitting Garage is all about. So uh, opening opening weekend, opening day with the Yankees. They opened at home against Boston. It's rare that the Yankees, first and foremost, play at home to start the season. From As far as I can remember, they were playing on the road, but it was nice to see them. Uh, the first day was supposed to be Thursday, and that got rained out. That was postponed like a day in advance. So they played their first game on Friday. They beat the Red Sox, which was awesome, in walk-off fashion. Welcome to the Bronx. Josh Donaldson, so in extra innings, Donaldson singles up the middle, drives home a run. Boom, Yankees win. Ah, Yankees win. I think that might be copywritten, so but that was that was John Sterling, and I'm not making any money off of this, so you could sue me for a dollar if you want to. Sure, uh, opening day home runs from from Giancarlo Stanton and uh, DJ LeMahieu. Also, Anthony Rizzo went yard opening day, and uh, so here's here's what happens, right? So after the game Friday, I'm on my TikTok, I'm scrolling through stuff, and I come across this TikTok, and the guy's complaining about the home runs that Stanton and LeMahieu hit because oh. They would only be out in Yankee Stadium because apparently there is a a Twitter account called Does It Dong, and it ranks where your home runs would be in all 30 Major League Baseball parks. And I guess Stanton and LeMahieu hit home runs that apparently that allegedly would only have gone out at Yankee Stadium. So here is my argument to you on the short porch and right field of Yankee Stadium. Throughout the course of that game, if the Yankees were to hit two home runs to right field by right-handed batters and their wall scrapers, or they just, you know, they go a couple rows deep, which, by the way, LeMahieu's home run was 348 feet. That is not, that is not a wall scraper by any stretch of the imagination. It cleared the wall by plenty, and Stanton's laser to right field, uh, sure, it wasn't very high, but someone told me it went like 300, it went like 360, 370, something like that. It both of them were legitimate home runs. So what I was going back to, maybe not legitimate, but they were both home runs. It doesn't matter. Uh, so what I was going back to, in the beginning of that game, the Yankees take the field, the Red Sox take the field. They're both teams, both teams are playing with the same advantage in right field. It's it's that simple. Both teams are playing on that field. So if the Yankees take advantage and the Red Sox right-handed hitters or even the left-handed hitters are not able to take advantage of the short, the quote-unquote short porch in right field, that's on them. Both teams are playing on the same field, and that goes for any of the major league stadiums throughout the entire country. doesn't matter. Both teams are playing on that field. So does it dong, the Twitter account, I think it's kind of trash. And the one, the, the one point that the guy makes in the TikTok, he goes, you know, if they hit a 500-foot home run, I mean, obviously that would be – a 500-foot home run is going out of any ballpark. I don't care where you're playing. The only stadium that might not go out of is if you hit the ball to dead center at the polo grounds, which no longer exists. So a home run is a home run. doesn't matter if it just scrapes the top of the wall or you hit it 500 feet. And like I was saying, both teams are playing on the same field. Both teams have this the have equal opportunity to take advantage of the dimensions of any ballpark that they're playing in. I mean not for nothing right field or left field at uh, at Fenway 
isn't that deep. They just happen to have like a 30-foot-tall wall. You mean to tell me there wasn't a reason they built the Green Monster? Do you think that they just were like, well, uh, we just want to build a giant wall, and they put it 480 feet out in left field? No, it's not that deep of a ballpark to left field at, uh, at, at Fenway either. And have you ever seen the pesky pole at Fenway Park? What's that, 312 lines directly down the 312 feet? That, that's better. 312 feet directly down the line at Fenway? Come on. Like, seriously? So that Twitter account, although it may be fun, I think it's kind of trash. I think it's silly to to give the ball players or anyone a hard time because, oh, it's, it's a short porch at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it's a Yankee Stadium home run. That happens. I will make the point one more time. Both teams playing in the game play within the dimensions of the ballpark. So both teams have equal opportunity to take advantage of that short porch. That being said, as I step down off my soapbox here, game number two, Saturday afternoon, Yankees won again. I love it. Rizzo went yard again. Uh, Stanton went yard again. Both, as I record this, are on pace to hit 162 home runs this year. And I'm jinxing them, and I want to knock on wood because they don't play until later tonight. Um, But if this is any indication uh, of how the season is going to go, obviously the health of the ball players has a lot to do with how the season progresses. And if everyone can stay relatively healthy, I think the Yankees are going to be in good shape in the American League East. They need to beat the Orioles this year. It's plain and simple. They lost way too many games to the Orioles last year. Had they beaten the Orioles, um, say, 80% of the time, 85% of the time that they played them last year, they probably aren't playing that play-in game against Boston, and we're making the uh, the actual playoffs. There is no play-in game. So we got to beat the teams that we're, that we're supposed to beat. It's that simple. But the Yankees, look, they look good, man. I mean, uh, opening day, Garrett Cole, the ace, takes the bump, and he scared me, man. His first inning was rough, like real rough. We started the game down 2-0, I think it was, or 3-0. He gave up a home run or two in the first inning of opening day. And I was like, Oh my God, what are we doing? He did settle down. It was good to see. He still pitched six innings. I believe Uh, they got him off the hook. Uh, He didn't get the win, but he did get the no decision, which is fantastic. Uh, It's good to not start the season in the, in the loss column. So that was a good thing. Severino, although only pitched, I think three or four innings in the second game through 65 pitches, he was looking pretty sharp. And, uh, I just I, I like the way things are going. I think it's going to be tough this year. Uh, Houston is always good. Uh, I don't know what Boston is going to do the rest of the season. The American League East is always a tough division between the Yankees, uh, the, the the Tampa Bay Rays, who are always good. I don't know how that man that manages to happen, but they always seem to put a great team on the field. Um, the Red Sox are always in the hunt in Toronto is a good ball club again. The only team that is suspect in that division really is the Baltimore Orioles. So really the American League East, to me, is a four-team race. So the Yankees got to perform. Wow, I'm having a hard time talking. The Yankees got to perform above expectations, our expectations, not their own. I know what their expectations are. Not that I've spoken to them, but it's not really hard to figure out. They want to win a World Series. They they want to. And and uh, one of the big stories going into opening day, I know my thought process is all over the place. One of the big stories going into opening day is uh, Aaron Judge and the deal with the Yankees because after this season he becomes a free agent. They offered him a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and he turned it down, which I was very, very surprised that he turned it down. Why he turned it down, I'm not 100% sure. Let me real quick 
see if I can find what the deal was that he did turn down. And uh, I want to say it was it was a couple million dollars, a couple hundred million dollars for seven years, I think it was. Let's see, Aaron Judge contract. That'll work. Um, okay, so he turned down. Come on. All right. So uh, Yankees general manager Brian Cashman revealed the Yankees offer to judge was for an extension of $30.5 million over seven years on top of the $19 million or so they will pay him this year. Uh, putting the bid at $233 million plus one plus over eight years. Okay, so he turned down essentially $233 million for eight years. So he, at the end of the year, will be testing the free agency waters and will be talking to, I'm sure, all 30 clubs that are in the major leagues. But um, if you think back to when Derek Jeter's contract was coming up and he was reaching towards the end of his career, and I, you know, a lot of people were not happy with the deal the Yankees gave him or whatever because of the fact of the years that they gave him. But they got it done. They they wanted ever. I think both parties want Aaron Judge to be a Yankee for life. I think that's where they're at, and it's going to take a little bit of negotiation. Uh, but the Yankees have the money. They're still under the um, the luxury tax, well under the luxury tax. They didn't spend a ton of money in the off season. So I think come uh, push comes to shove at the end of the year, he tests free agency. The Yankees will retain Aaron Judge, and he will stay in pinstripes. That is my prediction. If he decides to go elsewhere, that will be extremely, extremely hard to swallow. But we have to take it for what it's worth. And Aaron Judge is doing what Aaron Judge feels is best, him and his team. So, uh, but I, I, I'm not, I'm, we're not, we're going to cross that bridge in months later, in, in the next few months, you know, which obviously the baseball season is just starting. So it goes until early November. We got some time before we're going to talk about that again. But I do think both sides will come to an agreement between Judge and the Yankees, and we will see him in pinstripes next year. Uh, that being said, I'm looking forward to getting down to some games at the stadium this year. I got a trip planned down to New York with uh, with Matt Halleck and Matt Kelly. Going to be a little HHG Halleck's Hitting Garage trip to New York City with something planned directly the day after that in Jersey, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, a lot of big things going on this year, so... Um, haven't been too forthcoming with everything that's going on, but I will once we have dates cemented. Um, one, well, we do have dates cemented. Alumni event at Colony High School, July 23rd, I believe it is, or July 21st. Let me check the calendar because I know it's a Saturday. So let me pull up my calendar and make sure I'm saying the right stuff here. So it'll be July, July 23rd will be uh, the alumni event at Colony High School calling all graduates of Colony Central High School. Doesn't matter when you graduated. If you catch word of this, July 23rd, going to be an enormous alumni event put on by Halleck's Hitting Garage. You're not going to want to miss that. And uh, a lot of big things planned for that. we got a lot of camps planned this year. Uh, some trips going to Louisville in July. We're, we're doing all kinds of fun stuff this year. So be on the lookout for all things Halleck's Hitting Garage, all right? Uh, anything else?
Who am I asking? It's my podcast. I'm the only person in here. I am the talent. I am the producer. I am the guest. I am the host. Uh, thank you once again for spending some time with me here. I definitely appreciate that. Of course, if you have something you would like to add, you can email me. I am uh, at dscottradio at yahoo.com. D-S-C-O-T-T-R-A-D-I-O at yahoo.com. Shoot me an email. I will gladly talk about all the stuff that you uh, you email me about. Michelle Brooks, Michelle Sfara. I know you gave me the topic of the music that we grew up listening to and stuff like that. I will get to that. I promise you on that one. And uh, not for nothing, shout out to Greg Half because he loves when, with the name drops. So I think from now on, we're just always going to shout out Halleck. We're going to shout out Halleck's Hitting Garage. And, of course, we're going to shout out Greg Half because I have to because my guy listens to the, uh, to the podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you. I am, I, I am eternally grateful for anyone that takes the time to spend some time with me, no matter how long it is. Tell your friends about it. Please share it on your social medias. Let's get the subscriptions up and uh, the listenership up of the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.